You are listening to Radio Ramadan 365 Podcasts. Reflections uh, with uh, Sheikh Rizwan Muhammad. I'm your host, Zubair Akram. 11th day of Ramadan, Radio Ramadan 87.7. Reflections. Um, this is uh, our episode number 7. 11th of Ramadan. Iftar is going to be 8.03. And I'm asking Faisal to play the first uh, segment of this uh, program, Surah Alak, is English translation, and inshallah we'll go on, we'll go on to uh, the commentary with Sheikh Rizwan Muhammad after this. In the name of Allah, the entirely merciful, the especially merciful. Recite in the name of your Lord who created. Created man from a clinging substance. Recite and your Lord is the most generous. Who taught by the pen. Taught man that which he knew not. No, but indeed man transgresses. Because he sees himself self-sufficient. Indeed, to your Lord is the return. Have you seen the one who forbids a servant when he prays? Have you seen if he is upon guidance? or enjoins righteousness? Have you seen if he denies and turns away? Does he not know that Allah sees? No, if he does not desist, we will surely drag him by the forelock. A lying, sinning forelock. Then let him call his associates. We will call the angels of hell. No, do not obey him, but prostrate and draw near to Allah. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Shuru Allah ke naam se jo bintahar rahim karne wala hai. Padho ay Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam apne Rabb ke naam ke saath jisne peda kiya jame huye khun ke ek lothde se insan ki takhlik ki پڑھو اور تمہارا رب بڑا کریم ہے جس نے قلم کے ذریعے سے علم سکھایا انسان کو وہ علم دیا جسے وہ نہ جانتا تھا صدق اللہ العظیم 
السلام عليكم شيخ وعليكم السلام ورحمه الله وبركاته شيخ ان ذس بروجرام ريفلكشنز الحمد لله ويف ديسكاست كويت ا فيو كونسبتس اي وود سي and one of the the biggest concepts that i have come across in this conversation is tadarruj and from there we have gone on to see how it is the basis of human life successful human life tadarruj graduation grading gradually approaching the goal and we learn from the surah that this is how iqra bismi rabbikal ladhi khalaq leads on to the concept of graduation that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is asking his prophet والسلام, to read and he responds I can't read but he's commanded to read and from there the reading goes on to expands over 23 years where he keeps reading the mushaf or he keeps reading the wahi the sahifa that he receives gradually uh, through angel Jibreel um, today I would like that if we can share with our listeners the the focused meaning of the first or or the understanding of the first maybe say five ayahs if possible within the time that we have and starting with iqra bismi rabbikal ladhi khalaq khalaqal insana min alaq yeah bismillahirrahmanirrahim so obviously my my way the way that i, I used like to approach this is is tadabbur and Um, so tadarruj and tadabbur are related it's like kind of a gradual process like the quran requires you to um engage with it while knowing the arabic language it needs grammar rhetoric it needs it needs it, you need to be up to the level of attempting to come to come close to how the prophet sallallahu companions would have heard it and understood it so the arabic language is an ex- extremely rich um re- repository of meaning of patterns of images um and i was actually speaking to a friend um a couple of days last night i think yeah, it was last night actually and he was saying that you know people always talk about you know he was always told 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 about you know told about surah najm that it's an amazing chapter if and he, was, he in fact what he said was it's always amazed me and perplexed me in equal degree how everybody prostrated at the end of surah najm what was it that they felt and he said i never felt it never when i read it and he, and he knows arabic so he's he's um, kind of he's not um he's not illiterate in the arabic language in one way but he said he never understood it and then somebody told him to read um uh, said qutubs fi quran on that chapter because one of the things of said qutub even though he's maligned in many ways um he is he, he has a mastery of um unpacking the rhetorical imagery of the Quran because he's got a separate book on the imagery of the Quran itself not just the tafsir he's got an actual book on the, the topic of the imagery of the Quran and he said at that point it, because he read it with another sheikh and when he read fi al-Quran he realized that it was images like a moving image that you know it's 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 unfolding in front of you like the most immersive you know these cinemas which have an immersive what they call like you know, I have no idea what they're called but they're, it's like 3D but it's also immersive so it's almost like you're there and so is it like um, augmented reality or you know these kind of um sets that they put in their heads that makes them feel that they're somewhere the Quran is more immersive if you understand the Arabic language 
So in English, unfortunately, what we have to then do is prod out the, the, the strands of meaning within the words themselves, the tapestry, and then try and bring that alive to people. So to be able to understand, you know, at the end, you can summarize it in five minutes, but you have to, you know, you have to like start to tease out all these strands that people will not focus on. And the meaning is clear at the end, but you need tadabbur. This is why the Quran, we, we, we read every taraweeh, we have to listen to it. And, you know, when you read a, a, a verse or you, you read the, the, the tafsir of it, you come back again, you still need to read it again because it grows with meaning. It's a very strange thing. It's not growing with your experience. Like, for example, you're not who you were last year. So a verse might mean something different because you have more experience. There's also an aspect of the Quran which in and of itself, regardless of who's looking at it, is growing. It is a constantly moving, evolving text because this is one of the miracles of the Quran itself. Is this something you know? Something I can ill explain because it's it's so essential to the Quran and nothing is like it. I mean, it's nothing you can imagine a movie that you watch a couple, two times, three times, you might watch five times. You'll encompass it, and you might watch the director's cut. You might watch, you know, d- deleted scenes. You'll get some aspect of. You know, the fact there's some kind of depth, but not like the Quran, which just instills awe through its depth itself. So this is why when I kind of go through in, in, the, in the Ramadan shows that we do in different chapters of the Quran, it's, it's more for myself to tease out um, themes that are coming out of these um, words. And in this one, you know, the idea of singularity, we came up with the beginning, right at the beginning, paralleled the revelation with creation because that's like the two books of Allah the creation informs of us of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his majesty that the signs of Allah are around us these are also called ayat and then the other signs are the the revelation al-ayat both of them start from singularity from an inception point mm-hmm. and here it's iqra and in in the actual create the, the creation theory we have is that it comes from a big bang singularity um, and so this is why, you know, in this, when we were looking at these verses, I think the first two or, or so, we were starting to go through them. What came through was the connection of the two um, voices in Revelation. Mm-hmm. The two voices mm-hmm. meaning Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and he is the one who is speaking from pre-eternal speech. Speech which is before time, before space, before words, letters coming in and, and, and being amplified through human speech in Arabic. And on the other hand, the Prophet وسلم, who is al insan. And so you have the interface between Allah, the creator, and human being, and the best of them being a representative. It's almost like we, we've sent the Prophet وسلم, as a representative to speak to Allah because he's the best of us. You know, it's like if you wanted, you know, you know, one of the poets said, إِذَا كُنْتَ مُرْسِلًا حَكِيمًا وَلَا You know, if you ever need to do something and send somebody on your behalf, he said, send a, a wise person and don't worry that you don't give them advice. Because if they're wise, they'll be able to know what to do in the moment. And so Allah is almost like choosing the Prophet to be a representative, to receive the revelation, knowing that he will give it out in the most perfect form. You know, promulgate it, spread it, teach it, exemplify it as the most prophetic of figures. 
and he is al insan al kamil we kind of talked about it yesterday that the prophet is the epitome of perfection of human form um and then therefore what we have is the these verses hal no, sorry we're doing iqra and we sort iqra iqra bismi rabbika alladhi khalaq the words that represent allah are rabb for example you know iqra bismi rabbika alladhi khalaq al khaliq you know الذي خلق خلق الإنسان من علق اقرأ وربك الأكرم. so these kind of verses are interspaced with descriptions of Allah. one of which is a Rabb, which is something that nobody else can be. like and this is like in, in theology, in Muslim theology, you have an amazing tapestry of how to explain um, theological issues. and in theology, we have this idea of attributes that nobody can have except Allah, which is negating attributes. so Allah is a, you know a Rabb. And that's one of the what they call the sifat al-salbiya, which gives you one aspect of Allah which is unimaginable, unapproachable. And then also we have, you know, Allama bil qalam that he teaches. He's he's a, he's the one that teaches. He is the one that has knowledge, and that's also an attribute which is a, a positive attribute, which is one other aspect of the attributes of Allah. And you have mm. al khalid so, yeah. so in, in the first ayah, Iqra bismi rabbika alladhi khalaq. So there are actually two names, two yeah, attributes, Rabb and Khaliq. Yeah, yeah exactly. So one is the Lord that owns everything. Yes, and then and then the other name is the one, the effect of that, which is what, you know, in, in theology they call sifatul af'al, which are the mm. things that Allah does, which we see. So the, the, the first declares the ownership, right? Rabb. Yes, ownership and many other things, yes. Hmm. Rab, Rab, Rab means the one who owns everything. Owns and then it is... Managers. I think when I just explained it, it's also this idea of nourishes. Because ownership implies things. You own hmm. land, you nourish it, you have full use of it. And an intelligent, intelligible, uh, wise, malik, and Rabb, an owner, will cultivate, mm. will so in, create... In Islamic economics, this is a term called Rabbul Mal. So there is the owner of the Mal. So there is... And then... Yeah, so the, Rabbul Mal it, means you can... you, you your, your, your onus is to invest it and to make it grow. Mm. And one of the things is that Allah is... In, in this name, even he, though he's a Rabb, it has this tinge of helping people develop, grow, nourish, flourish. Mm. This idea comes out very clearly in... Rab, and then it's then Allah says that He's Al Khaliq, He's the Creator. Mm-hmm. But then these two names are two aspects, and then Allah also adds the name which I think is the most beautiful one here in the context of the Prophet, which is Al Karim. Allah is Al Karim. That mm-hmm. whatever happens after this moment of the inception, the singularity starting, you will find your Lord to be generous in His care, knowledge, protection, everything you can imagine, Karim. And you know, like in, uh, you know, this very famous verse in the Quran, Ar-Rahman ala al-Akhshistawa, you know, which people argue, you know, YouTubers argue about all yeah. the time because they've got nothing better to do in their lives. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is he the throne or... Yeah, yeah, so the throne? Th- yeah, they miss the point. He? You know, it's like... Where is, um, where is he? Tell me where is he? Yes, it's stupidity. <laughs> it's really stu- stupid because uh, Imam Malik had a person banished from his, you know, majlis because of this this stupid question. Mm-hmm. Missed because he Imam Malik rahimahullah was was what we call now a don, <laughs> you know a don, <laughs> like you do not, you don't you, not, you don't mess with him. Yeah, because you will be decimated 
in silence. You will be humble to your to your knees. <laughs> and what he was essentially, Imam Malik was essentially saying is, nadano." You know, like you kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you you have missed the point. Because the, the verse is all about what's the verse about? It's about on the, on the day of judgment, you're going to be judged. Now, mm. Allah is telling us, okay, on that day, who will you find judging you? Because the, the, mm. the, 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 that's the whole point of, of the arsh is to establish authority and power and, 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 and a dignified status to the one there and the one owning it and the one having complete power over it. Now, the one, if the judge is angry or the judge is vengeful and the judge is wrathful and the judge is um, belligerent, for example, then you know who's going to remain in Islam because you will think we've tried all this and then we get to that moment in our you know in our destiny where we're in front of Allah being judged. Ar-Rahman ala al-Arsh istawa. It's it's the mercy. Like if you've done your part as much as you could, then you know there's actually studies on this. I don't know where it was. Was it Pakistan? Actually, we look at this up because I was reading. I read random stuff as you know. And there was a study about the effect of fasting on, on, um, on judgments in law courts. Okay. And it showed, and absolutely, unless I dreamt this last night, I used to have re- strange dreams after Fajr. Um, but what, ke- inshallah, came to me, which was you know studied, was that they thought that the judge who's fasting would be more grumpy, and would therefore be more, um, you know, kind of. Dismissive of yeah, people, tainted, and then give them more, decisions. Decisions, you know, more kind of absurd decisions and harsh decisions. What they found is that they were much more clement. They were much more understanding of situations. They provided alternative means of, um, you know, chastising people. You know, not just the insignificant statistical proportion. This was significant. Mm-hmm. I think forty percent or something. Don't quote me, but. If you look in, into this or, or look into this whole mm. issue, it's there. And th- that's the point. What you, the, the person judging and their demeanor makes an, has an effect on how you're judged. And mm. the whole purpose of that verse, and this is why Muslims, you know, one of the things I've taught so many students, I mean, think of how many students, you know, for our course, iSyllabus, we've been through thousands of students. And, uh, you know, I always have all types of students, like, People are belligerent and insist that they have the right opinion. But slowly, alhamdulillah, I've had yet to, I think, probably <clears throat> thousands, like 7,000 students going through courses, had anybody who's remained belligerent and obstinate. And they've all turned after about six weeks when they realize that their, their literacy level is quite low and that there's an alternative worldview that is informed by the great 14,000 years of our scholarly tradition. Um and it's it's to do with the fact that that verse, you know, for example, is all about giving people hope that Allah on the, the day of judgment, if they do their part, and if they're lax and they fall short, that Allah will still um, judge to them, judge with them in the, in the sense with this quality of mercy. Which is why Karim, Iqra wa Rabbuk al Akram, is not just Karim; he is Akram, the most um, you know most generous of all. Then the Prophet is going to right away be in, in the state of Dasalli. Like, don't, don't worry what happens after this because the Prophet is going to be going through a very difficult time right away after this, this these five, five or so verses are revealed. He will be cut from revelation. But Allah is telling, look, remember I told you I was at Al-Akram? 
mm-hmm. who taught through the pen. So this whole thing is interfaced between insan, the Prophet the perfect representation of humans, and then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And, you know, I think the whole idea of insan is really important because I've mentioned this before. It's really important to understand why Arabic uses certain terms. Al-insan in the first revelation is important because insan is packed with meaning. It's like it's pregnant with implied meaning and, you know, it indicates, you know, the Prophet is in seclusion, remember, at this point in time. He's, he's secluded himself from his family. But insan means a person who has uns. Um, uns is like this quality of social um, connectivity with other people. You, hum, humans are social animals, essentially, as Ibn Khaldun mentions, meaning that we we thrive and 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 um, survive and thrive. In fact, in the context of families and units and couples and children and and this kind of you know uncles and the whole process nourishes us psychologically, spiritually, you know, intellectually. You see children, um, you know really flourishing when they have a wide array of ages around them. And then also insan is, and the problem is being told that because you cannot remain in the ghari hira. Like, that is that is a, a fall from perfection. Like, you know... Sorry, 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 sorry. Do you understand? You, like, yeah. It's when a Allah fall says from insan, perfection. A fall mm. from perfection. Now, Buddhism, for example, or monasticism would say perfection is to divest yourself of human qualities now when allah is saying um, you know khalaq al-insana min alaq human beings was cre- insan is is has this meaning pattern of uns of mm-hmm. by nature being in need of a social context and that's like mm-hmm. you know this the naqshbandi tariqa has very famous um, you know you know kind of a kind of principle in their in their in their way of spirituality which is um al khalwa fil jalwa you know you you know jalwa is to be right and right at the front of everything yeah yeah like to to, to remain um, with yourself while you are with everyone yes but jalwa is like to be at the front like sultan mehmed al fatih you know conquering mm. istanbul and having all these people you know, saying Allah, you know, being right mm. at the top of this wave. And in that moment of everybody just pouring praise on him, internally just being in a state of seclusion with Allah, just like not even noticing. Al-Khalwa fil Jalwa. So Al-Khalwa, yeah, okay. Yeah, Al-Khalwa fil Jalwa. You have to be, that's the perfection. Whereas spirituality nowadays the kind of is to go into into go into seclusion and retreating and and... It has a purpose, like Ramadan, the last 10 days are all about seclusion. But the perfection mm-hmm. is not that. It's required as a building block for perfection. And so, this is totally, sorry, I mean, this is totally opposite from where uh, people who would be in a public discourse, they are criticized to be in public discourse because mm. we are encouraged not to have too many friends. We are encouraged not to have too many connections because more you have, more answerable you are in the, on the Day of Judgment. And also the the the, 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 the Sufi way of, or, or the subwoof or being closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala means that you are in form of muraqaba mm. in your life. That mm. you, you you can talk to yourself and talk to your Lord more than you can talk to other people. 
Mm-hmm. So you're, you're in tune with yourself. And that can only come with Hira. That can only come with um, Etikaf. Yes, I mean, that's what I said. End of Ramadan is, this, is building, but then it's a launching pad for, for perfection. It's not perfection. You cannot that's remain not, in, that, that's not the remain end. In the, yes, you cannot remain in the state of Etikaf. You cannot also, because you have to leave for to celebrate Eid al Fitr. Mm. You cannot, like, it's makroh, tahriman, according to most, to remain, you know, it's like, it's beyond, it's not even, I've not even seen anybody conceive of the question, actually, now mm. that I think of it in fiqh, in the Maliki school or in the Hanafi school. Um, in the Shafi'i school, I don't know, perhaps they might have a, um, because they have the the six fast simultaneously. Anyways, I'm just going mm-hmm. off. The point is um, that the, the you know the hadith of the Prophet which is very famous, mashhur about the, the the shade of Allah in the day. There's no shade except the shade of Allah. Mm-hmm. It, you know, there's seven people mentioned in, in in one of the Sahih narrations about that. And at the at the at the top of it is Al Imam Al Adil, the just mm-hmm. ruler, the just mm-hmm. leader, and you think about it, the, the shade of Allah is, is this is um, elite. This is elite of the elite of non-prophets. So this mm-hmm. is not prophets. So this is, we're talking about people who through their actions, so we're talking about Kasbi and Wahhabi. This is mm-hmm. this is the the Kasbi arena where everybody, you, myself, everybody who's listening is in, which is, this is things we can do. The greatest thing to get into this, you know, VIP suite if you want, if you want to like make it really mundane, is is khalwa fil jalwa is that your your adala, which is your justice in accordance with the time and the, the, the your your um, your kind of rule, is such that it is balanced and echoing the justice that Allah wants you to do, because mm-hmm. your justice impinges and impacts everybody. And this is why Imam Ibn Taymiyyah, you know, like he said, that in forty years of um, of of rule with an unjust leader is better than one day without a leader because of bloodshed, because the Imam is somebody. The leadership is something that is very very difficult. It's it's a kind of it's it's something that is, you know, we think of it now as being something that is against people seek for their own privilege, but it's not. It's a very difficult. Um, mm. State, but in some countries, it's, it's it's there for its own purpose. It's for um, cronyism and all the rest of it. But generally, Al Imam Al Adil to be in that powerful situation and then to be just is very difficult. And so this mm. is insan. The Prophet is being told, in, in a sense, you're a human being. And insan also means this this quality of uns, sorry, mm. um, um, nisyan, which is to to forget. To forget. And the forgetfulness is an interesting aspect of human beings, which is the Prophet will be given this and he will he will sometimes in certain situations in the initial period of his prophecy, you know, have to be reminded of the, the magnanimity of Allah. That we are forgetful by, by nature. You know, one of the qualities that prophets have is that they can be they can be affected by normal human frailties like illness and forgetfulness and so on and so forth, but never to the point of sin. Mm-hmm. And so that's for the Prophet ﷺ. But for us, if you think about it, I, I, I say things and my, somebody says, well, can you just repeat that? And I said, I have no idea what I said. Like I can be teaching a class and I'll say, uh, you know, I'll give them an ex- explanation. 
And Oshia, can you just explain it again? And I actually forget what I just said. Yeah. Like that's how bad it gets. Forget you know what I said yesterday to my wife or my kids. We're going to do X, Y, and Z. That's, that's a different level. Of, yeah. Okay. It's a different level of Nissan. Like we're just like, mm. like a it's like a sieve. You know, you have these sieves. This is like mm. everything. The only thing that remains is like things like Elfie Ibn Malik, the kind of books on grammar that I've kind of memorized, but not kind of mundane. Kind of that was torturous actually memorizing that stuff <laughs> but the kind of um so some stuff is stuck there and is not getting it but the mundane stuff just dis disappears and it's actually the research done it was in glasgow university actually about the reason why people get rid of or naturally are dis predisposed to getting rid of information through forgetfulness it's to do with the fact that human beings focus on universal big things important things if your mind's clogged mm. up with lots of detail it's actually a barrier to surviving as a human like animal instincts almost they were tying it back to evolution but we know that that's the, the case that we, humans shed small details that are not relevant because they want the universal idea you have a thousand experiences in life they tell you the importance of family for example okay you forget the individual things until you're reminded of them but you know family is important and if you ask why she, she has, you could, oh, I don't know, how I would remember. you how would you translate uh, that term, khalwa fil jalba? Mm. <laughs> Seclusion? Um, jalwa is, is um, yeah, khalwa fil jalwa. Yeah, khalwa is like um, seclusion. seclusion. Or while jalwa. in a state of manifestation, while in a mm. state of. Um, yeah, but while in a state of manifestation. So seclu being secluded, but at the same time being in a, being in a state of... Um, engagement. Um, engagement. Because jalwa is like, the word jalwa really means like you are, imagine like a football player in their prime showing off. Yeah, yeah. jalwa is like jalwa numa, jalwa gar. Yeah, jalwa um, is not just like, we, oh, there he is. Oh, there she is. Jalwa is that you are... You're at the dawn. Actually showing off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like you're on the center you are stage. the leader and you, it's like, it comes to mind is Erdogan. It's like, he's like a dawn. Jalwa. <laughs> politics. Like, he's just like throwing people um, Sorry, I've, aside. I've, I've got to go for a short ad break, Faisal. And inshallah, I'm going to continue with this concept in, in relation to the ayahs that we're discussing. In the name of Allah, the entirely merciful, the especially merciful. Recite in the name of your Lord who created. Created man from a clinging substance. Recite, and your Lord is the most generous. Who taught by the pen. Taught man that which he knew not. No, but indeed, man transgresses. Because he sees himself self-sufficient. 
Indeed, to your Lord is the return. Have you seen the one who forbids a servant when he prays? Have you seen if he is upon guidance? Or enjoins righteousness? Have you seen if he denies and turns away? Does he not know that Allah sees? No, if he does not desist, we will surely drag him by the forelock. A lying, sinning forelock. Then let him call his associates. We will call the angels of hell. So just before the break, uh, Surah Alak, we went into the concept of um, uh, and I heard Sheikh saying that um, in remaining in that state of seclusion is like less than perfect. So that's something that you need to do to do something else, which is jalwa, which is engagement. And the real test is where while we are in the full of life, we are in the center stage of life, engaging with everything, trying to tackle everything, trying to troubleshoot all the aspects of life, your family, your you know, community life, your individual responsibilities, and yet you are with yourself and connected with God. Um, Sheikh, is this something that, uh, would you say, is a loyal understanding of what you say? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's self-evident, I think, in terms of the seerah of the Prophet He's, If you take even Mecca and Medina al-Nawara, you could, you could say one is one is khalwa and one is jalwa. Mm. One, you know, and even though Mecca starts with seclusion, you could still say that the... the the weakness of the community is still a type of khalwa. It's like it's still inward looking. It's still frail, and it's not imposing itself and its and its kind of worldview and spreading its worldview in a very aggressive manner. If you want to use that term, and Madinat Nawara is the jalwa, is the Prophet and the jalwa reaches its perfection in khalwa. If you think of it, mm. because the Prophet when he when he enters Mecca al Mukarma, the conquest, the Fath. Um, that is a jalwa. If you want jalwa, that's like the 10,000 or so army the Prophet came and brought coming from different valleys into the city of Mecca. Even though Mecca is all these valleys and ravines, every direction, all these amazing um, leader, military leaders are coming with the Prophet ﷺ and the city is surrendering. That's jalwa. If you want to say we're a jalwa, that's it. And so we mm-hmm. look at the person who should be in a state of jalwa, it's the Prophet. ﷺ. What is he doing? He's, he's in a such a state of humility that his physical demeanor is that his head, his blessed forehead has touched the, the, the saddle of his camel. Now, can you imagine mm-hmm. that? Like he's riding in and he, his, his forelock is 
bowed in humility. That's khalwa. Like what you if you can we saw the states, we don't know, so we saw the we saw Allah, the descriptions Allah. of him, Sallallahu Like okay, people said when the Prophet entered, he was like in this demeanor. But do you not think about the heart of the one who's in that situation, what he's thinking? Hmm. Like, what do you think he's thinking about? He's thinking, oh, I need to find out where I used to live and, and get that back. And I need to take vengefulness on this person. I need to um, now send. Um, he's just, he's connected to God. It's like almost he's like back in Ghari Khira. For me, he's back there because the power was his faith in Allah that was instilled with him. You know, Wahaban, it was like given to to him as a prophet. It's, it's given. And that is, um, that's like the, the holy grail of Islam, I think is to be totally engaged, but yet totally detached. And then, you know, like Sayyidina Umar radiallahu and one of the descriptions that people used to say about him in his biographies is, which is in the Quran as well. He never felt or feared the, 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 the blame of anybody against him. Never felt. He didn't care about what pe people said about him. Because, you know, in his state, he was in khalwa, and the Jalwak brings all this criticism. He was in this, mm -hmm. you know, the midst of a storm. But in the midst of a storm, his connection with Allah was such that he was tranquil. And that is, you know, that's the aim of every believer. Is that in the, the hurricane of your own lives, that you have this internal security and safety net, which is your faith in Allah, that is unshakable. I mean, that if you think of that as being something that you're you're coached in for example that is you know people would sell everything to just get that internal strength steel mm. which takes them through difficulties and that's you know that's just something that i think is is the holy i would say the holy grail of islam <clears throat> to, to achieve that to achieve khalwa <clears throat> is is a, is, a, is a fall from perfection to achieve jalwa is stupidity like to achieve jalwa is this um Fakhr and Ujab and these are just all the spiritual diseases, you know, coupled up in, in one place. If you like, but you, to, but you need to remain in in Jalwa. Yes, but you it, can't escape. You have yeah, to. Jalwa, but Jalwa comes with all this, all this poison. Hmm. So you know, you know, says Chup chup ke sino mein bana leti hai tasveere. So, you know, it's, it's a difficult one. It's, it's a very delicate line. You know, the, the hadith of uh, ostentation, Riya, where there's mm -hmm. like a, uh, a black ant. On a, in a yeah, black so the, this, you know, the, a black ant on, on, a, on a smooth black stone in the midst of, of night. Yeah. And this, is, in fact, is... Imam Al-Ghazali, when he talks about in, in, in Al-Maqasid, in, in, in Aqidah, he talks about God's knowledge. That God knows the black ant on a smooth black stone in the, in the pit depths of night. And scholars of Tasawwuf, they say that Ujab creep, creeps upon you like you know the, the dark ant on a dark black stone in the, in the pitch darkness of night. So this mm. is like, it's you cannot but help it. But the, if you mm. pre-prepare... The meal, which is sincerity, well before you go and check your intention, as they say, check yourself before you wreck yourself. Um, it's like a, a saying, but actually, it's a very wise saying. Check your check your intention before you wreck your intention in your whole life. Um, mm. And so, the, the, you know, we have to say we have to thank Allah for this revelation, which is such. 
it has such depth, whichever, you know, this is why um, it just never fails to humble me, you know, that, you know, I'm able to connect to such a tradition and to explain it and other people are connected to it and we just need to celebrate the connection of it and uh, without which we're nothing. Essentially, I wouldn't imagine anything else. And um, it's just life lessons, life hacks, you call it anything you want in modern day parlance there's nothing that you can find as a frailty in our religious tradition. And there's nothing that I, you would say, well, if only this or if only that. This is some of the, you know, this is what some of the companions used to say, that there was nothing in what the Prophet said in when we, and, and we said, if only this or if only that was different. Because everything was in this, you know, like the Quran says, like the, 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 the planets are swimming perfectly in their orbits. The teachings of Allah given to the Prophet are perfectly balanced in this orbit of 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 actual um, beauty, this complete beauty of tra a tradition. And I think we sometimes we we refuse to you know um, celebrate it enough to give thanks to Allah for Islam, um, which mm. from which we because we're in it we don't realize it's 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 powerfulness. The the, the blessing of it. So yeah, the closeness of it. Yeah, the closeness. The going back to two names in one ayah, Rabb and Khaliq, and then Khalaq al-Insana min alaq. And the second ayah's connection with the first one. Hmm. Created man, you know, the, so the, he is Rabb, and we, we understood the meaning of Rabb. Mm -hmm. He is the owner in its entirety. And then he created. Mm -hmm. um, and I also understood today that Insan, Insan has uns, um, mm. be, because you are insan, you are insan. No, you are insan because you have uns for people around you. Yeah. So there's something bothering me. You know that because there's actually I remember there's actually three meanings for insan in Arabic, which I remember from Nisiyam, Imam insan. Imam Faroz Abadi in his Basair in Tafsir. I remember so clearly. I cannot see the page, but there's a, there's uns and nisyan. There's Ones. inas, inas, which is perception. Yeah, that's the third one. So insan, insan, yes, before I forget, <laughs> talking about insan, okay. um, is forget, insan is forgetfulness, it's um, ons, which is sociability. Mm. Okay. And then inas, which is perception and understanding. And, and that um, makes insan. Yeah, because understanding, perception, insight, human beings have these capacities which are, are unique in that coupling that's insan the human being homo sapien and and all of them are important because when allah says to the prophet that we created human beings from a clot to be a pure human being and a perfect human being you have to you have to embrace all these aspects you have to embrace that you're going to be forgetful and we have to embrace that other people will be forgetful or negligent or will will take their eye off the ball we have to engage in that as a community we have to know that as a community, we only flourish when we stay together, and which is why the Prophet said that Yadullahi ma'al jama'a that the supportive hand of God is with the people that are together. And the last thing, which is understanding, understanding, perception, knowledge, that we are we're a civilization and a people who build upon the shoulders of giants, build upon mm -hmm. previous legacies, and we further our um, ability to understand things. But with that, you know, so the only interesting is that. 
insan when it comes up in the Quran, and there's so many situations where the insan is mentioned, and what is mentioned with it is that you know, خُلِقَ الْإِنسَانُ مِنْ عَجَلِ for example, that human beings are created out of haste or from haste, literally. Like mm. we're just hasty animals. Like we just want everything at the same time. Like that the double discussion. <laughs> yeah, hence the the thing I kept. You know, telling you about tadarruj. In fact, straight after that, Allah says, "Saurikum ayati falatastajilun." When Allah says human beings are just created in haste, in other words, they have this. You know, when they were created by Allah, He put this weakness within them that they mm. need to fix to get the prize. Do you understand? It's like a puzzle. You know, you have a Rubik's Rubik's cube. It's all mangled up. You get the prize if you fix fix it. So. It's like al-ajal is placed within our, our our existence as one of the things that we have to then unlock. You have to like grapple with it. Allah saying, "Don't don't make haste with me. Mm -hmm. Don't make me do things. Don't you know like the Prophet asking Allah if, if the Prophet had asked Allah to give him everything at the same time. That is istiajal, just to be hasty. Allah says, don't be hasty. I, I'm thinking we started this Ramadan with this concept that how Islamic civilization is shaped up by the concept of Wahi. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering if Islamic civilization or civilization with godly people, people who are um, people who are mindful of God and Wahi, would ever allow the instant nature of the world today like you want it now you get it now wow that's a good that's a good that's a good observation so would they have so this is why i said i actually did say this didn't i not about this yeah the the, the amazon prime, would amazon prime would have existed if a, a if a godly mind was on the helm of affair of technology yes yeah, so well, I, sure. I yeah I, you know this is the thing because when i said about the, the criteria through which I think I must have mentioned on this or was it discussed somewhere else this whole idea of, of vying for increased GDP productivity and mm. without understanding purpose without understanding sustainability without understanding the effect on the environment on people on um, people's health you know work-life balance as they talk about now post-COVID you know it's just COVID that made people realize there has to be mm. such a thing as work work-life balance you know understand the understanding this whole um, addiction to instance instant gratification in everything in knowledge as well like i'm not i'm talking about it's not just that it's about you want everything and you can't you can't have everything you have to go through to to study grammar you have to go through you know like six different books step by step by step and then you're just starting at the sixth book you're starting to be able to understand the quran with some depths like if you do mm. al-mughni al-labib for example the last kind of book that you know kind of studied with a teacher you know, as a curriculum text, that's you starting on the process of being able to really deep dive into this kind of ocean of Arabic construction, which actually mm. you don't understand why it's there until you get this very deep understanding of the grammar itself. So the thing that your question is actually very interesting because would pe people want to, you know, live their life in a situation where they're just progressing and they die? Like, what's mm. the purpose of being on Mars? I think I must have mentioned at the beginning of this mm. show or somewhere else. Yeah, like, what's the purpose of being there? And this is a big, big, um, you know, I'm, I'm in, currently in Istanbul. The, the elections are about to take place. And I see lots of young people 
complaining about needing wanting iPhones, people mm. saying, "Oh, if we had done X, Y, and Z, we'd be on Mars and X, Y, and you know." There's all these um, conceptions of this is what progress is, and I think Nobel Prize. I think that's where I mentioned it. Mm. Nobel Prize winners, like you, you're doing it, and you you develop the atom atomic bomb, and you lead to, um, you know, Hiroshima, Nagasaki. Well done, like. Okay, so what do you want? Do you want a prize? Okay, you got a prize. Like, so this is a very deep, deep question, and it, it and this is why you know uh, you know one of the things is there's a there's a book published in Princeton Press by um, who's it Timur Kuran, which is which is all about essentially why Islam did not progress in the way that the West progressed. And he put it down to one thing, which was the contracts, modern commercial mm. contracts, which allowed companies to be separated from individual individual owners. So when so in the past, if a company was built by a family, when the person passed away who owned it, it'd be cut broken up, mm. and then other other people would be able to then rise, and then it would just be trickle down to everybody. Like inheritance would mean that everybody gets a portion. And then everyone starts again. So one of the sons might be good and he might build it up again. But what modern contractual financial contracts allowed people to do is to create non-personal entities which can grow and grow and grow and they become McDonald's, they become Coca-Cola, they become the mm -hmm. Apple, Apple, they become Google. In other words, they grow and they consume and they basically create monopolies. Mm -hmm. And and you know the problems in the world in terms of the conglomeration of wealth is all due to that. Yeah, you know, even I mean, individuals. It's a, big, it's a big issue for the governments. You know, they're, they're more. It gives you an issue for government. It's a big issue for you and me. It's a big issue yeah. for people that are struggling to make, you know, crisis yeah. of living. Yeah. There's enough yeah. food on earth, but True. it's a question of it's not even redistribution. We're talking about, you know, in Islamic law, this would, you know, I would, I would not have a guess. This is, it's haram to have. The type of monopoly systems, contractual systems, which leverage power in not even individuals, it's actually entities. Mm. Which is really, I think if you think about it, it's really strange that this company is so rich mm. and it leverages this to basically dictate how people live. And this is why, you know, this whole thing of agile, this whole thing of haste, people wanting things right away, would we have you know Amazon if we knew the effect that has on the people that work for it and the and the distributors and the people that produce the content and the monopolization of you know it's a question to be had. It's this is put mm. it that way. It's something that needs to be thought about. But I think our understanding of success wouldn't be this, wouldn't be how many companies do we have in the in the Nasdaq 500, for example, or you know, it, kind of it's it's almost like the well. I don't know if I can use the term, the satanic mind has preyed upon the weakness, the, the, the things which Quran tells us not to have, and that part of the psychology is being preyed upon. Uh, you, you want something now, you, you get it. Uh, you, you want something big, you will get it. You, you, you want to be filthy rich and not knowing what to do with it, you, you can have it. And the whole system is built around that. Hmm. The, the whole civilization is built around that. 
Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, you can, in the, I mean, Islamic civilization, the Prophet civilization that he built and the companions, the Salaf built, didn't have any artifacts. Mm. Just let that sink in. No lovely vases, no art, no significant architecture until the time of, you know, Abdul Malik ibn Marwanik, for example, in the Mayyid period and after 100 years. Like, mm. nothing, they didn't want to leave anything that was substantial. They wanted to leave, you know, it's like a bit of a cliche, like a substantial. They wanted to leave the world with a substantial sahifa, you know, a book mm. of, of of actions, good actions, mm. and eat it, live a live good life, eat good, eat food that was healthy, go go to your to, go to your grave content that you've done, you lived an ethical mm. life, mm. a good the good life, let's just say, which meant sometimes fighting wars, you know, it meant doing ghazawat, mm. it meant all that stuff which is worldly. Mm. But not for the sake of acquiring, but for the sake of liberation. Sayyidina Umar, when he arrived in Egypt, he, he said, You know, he looked at people enslaved, in bondage, and he says, Since when have you been enslaved? When God created you and allowed your mothers to give you birth while you're in a state of freedom. That was it. His message was, What are you doing? Why is slaves to each other? Why, why are you oppressing each other? That's his purpose. The reason of Jalwa for Sayyidina Umar was that, to give the message of that, not to then mm. you know have a massive palace where he would live. And when mm. he entered Jerusalem, it's famous that he he entered like the Prophet entered um, Mecca. You know, and they were looking around to see where's the leader of the Muslims, and he was on a donkey. And mm. they were thinking how his legs were straddling the ground because he's so tall. Mm. You know, there's this a sense of humility here that I think um, our civilization has, but with this jalwa, with this sense that if, you know, our khulafa in the past did have to, you know, build massive buildings, it was to show the people that were at war with them that they have everything they have and more. It's like, you know, Ibn Hajar al-Asqalani, he was, he was asked by, you know, it was somebody from a Jewish community, they said, and Sayyidina Ibn Hajar was on this, he's a major hadith scholar. He was on this beautiful horse in Qahira, Cairo, and he was, mm. and this there was this person, you know, kind of very poor Jewish person saying, you know, aren't you the person that claims that your prophet, you know, he was claiming the mm. Prophet, that he says that, you know, this world is a, is a prison for believers and, um, you know, Jannatul Kafir, and that. Paradise will be a, a, a you know prison for um, disbelievers, and and he said yes. He said because regardless of what opulence I have now, it's nothing compared to what I have in the hereafter. So mm -hmm. it's just he's there to show the months of, of of you know in the past scholars used to have a special seat where they used to teach. It mm -hmm. wasn't because they weren't humble. It was because the Khalifa said you have to show people that knowledge is over everything. And even in the Ottoman Empire, you know that the, the scholars they used to wear, some of the scholars' class used to wear blue sandals mm. to show that they, they're walking on the sky, like they're the highest. Mm. It was to indicate that they are the most elevated people because their status is like the people that are you know, essentially representing the heavenly realm. And that is and, the hierarchy. Why would, why would they not feel? Because... Yeah, so this is amazing um, organic, you know, Islamic culture is just so rich that I mean, you, you, you look at 
architecture, you look at meaning, you look at structure, it just becomes mind-bogglingly amazing. And, and it all comes from this Iqra. episode today uh, with uh, the last bit. Iqra wa rabbukal akram. Yeah, and O Muhammad, because it's to, to the Prophet Ali Salatu Iqra. In other words, it's, it's like, you know, after this harshness of the initial process of revelation with the angel Jibreel, Allah said to just to give this tasalli, which is going to be the whole theme of this next you know couple of verses. Read because you're this is what you need to know your Lord is Akram Kareem will okay. nourish you. Now in this state, the Rasam is, is is fearful of his own life. You know, he's fearful of this entity coming and squeezing him and asking him to read, read and recite. At that point, Allah is saying, Look, it's like I said the Allah ascended upon the throne of the day of judgment. As the merciful, Allah is saying, look, the one that's asking you to teach is not the vengeful, is not the stern teacher, it is Al-Akram. And guess what? Alladhi allama bil qalam is the one that is going to, as we know, will start to unravel knowledge through the qalam, the, this, the, the divine pen, teaching the human being what he did not know. And it's all of a sudden, the karam is in that. Allama bil qalam, allama al-insana ma lam ya'lam. That karam, that generosity is teaching people what they did not know. That is like, mm-hmm. if you want to know the vista, this amazing scene that will be in front of you, it will be unending. And this is going to be the story of the Prophet ﷺ at the end of his life, giving khutbah for hour after hour on everything that Allah has unveiled to him of the unseen. Like at the mm-hmm. time of the, the passing of the Prophet ﷺ, he had given everything that the, you know, the qalam could... Invest in a human being, you know. So, you know, Iqra is just like this singularity that explodes into generosity. Uh, that's all the time we have for today's episode. Inshallah, uh, back with Sheikh Rizwan in two days' time. Reflections will be on tomorrow and day after with Sheikh Rizwan. We'll be back on Wednesday, inshallah. Up until then, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullah.